All right, thank you. The reason I wanted to cover critical period today, I want to uh, review it as a concept sale, and I think that's important because when we talk to our clients, a lot of times they just don't qualify, you know, for the height and the weight or their health, and uh, they just can't get a term product, and we have to offer them something different. And if you learn the concept selling, this concept that I'm talking about today is something that applies across the board to everything, whether you're recruiting, uh, doing anything at all. Uh, uh, if you learn the concept of what I'm talking today, that's going to go a long way. For example, if somebody came into my house and I had a $200,000 mortgage and I wasn't going to qualify for what they were offering and the most Andy could get me was $20,000, you know, well, Dick, you know, at least you got $20,000. No, what good is that to me? There's no value to that. You know, uh, I have the mindset that I've got to pay off the $200,000 mortgage because that's what the letter talked about. That's what I want. I want the mortgage paid for. And if you show me anything else, there's not going to be a sale. It's just not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. And um, so what we have to do is we have to do a mindset change. And I want to repeat that. We have to change the mindset, but we cannot argue. For example, a 16-year-old wants a car. And mom and dad are not interested in the 16-year-old getting a car. They don't want another car payment. They don't want another car on the insurance. They don't want the 16-year-old out driving. So the kid comes to mom and dad. And everybody's got their mindset set. Mom and dad don't want it, the kid does. So the kid comes and says, but mom and dad, everybody in my class has one. I'm the only kid in the class who doesn't have a car to drive on their own. I need to drive to school. I need to go to games. I need to be able to date. Everything is about I, I, I. That is never going to fly. That is not an approach that's going to work. So what the child has to do and frequently does is change the mindset. They figured out about three months into this ordeal that what they're doing is not working. Now salespeople are not in a position to wait around three months to figure out what's not working. So we need to change the mindset right away. So when the kid realizes, you know, well mom and dad, do you realize how many times you have to take some, one of us somewhere and it's double miles because you have to go and take and go and take. You know, how many of those do you have to make a week? You know, see, I could do most of those trips for you and by me going to school, we only have to drive one way. We save all those miles on the car and all that gas. What's a kid doing? They're changing the mindset here. You know, look at the time that you would save. See, now they're making it in someone else's best interest. The gas saved from your budget would probably pretty well make the car payment. Um, when you look at your valuable time and it being saved, that more than pays for this car. Uh, I know you don't want to pay for another car in your insurance, but what if I get a part-time job and I pay my own insurance? See, now they're changing the mindset. It's not all about the kid. It's about what's the benefit for mom and dad. Time saved, money saved, gas saved, everything is starting to line up here. Now, what the child, before they ask the final question, the child should never assume the sale in this, in this situation. It is a win-win for everybody 
but if the child presents the question in such a way that they assume the sale, they're going to get resistance. And I find that sometimes folks in the home as well, or when I'm recruiting somebody. Had a conversation with an agent yesterday. He said, I got to the end, the guy was fine with everything, until we got to the banking information. I will make the person tell me that this is where they want to go. And for example, I may ask the question, if I'm talking about living benefits, for $3 a day, this ensures the fact that if you have cancer, stroke, or a heart attack that doesn't kill you, that you're not going to lose your home due to foreclosure. Is that something you feel like is worth $3 a day? See, now, I could have just, when everything was going fine, I could have started filling out the application, but the guy was committed but not completely committed. So if I get any sense at all that that's not going the way I want it, I'm going to change the mindset, change the dialogue, and pursue it in a little bit different way that I get a commitment out of them. Now, with the, if the child will do that, they could say, well, mom and dad, this is a no-brainer. That's a win-win for everybody. That's assuming the sale. But if the child approaches the same question this way, you know, mom and dad, this could be a win-win for all of us. What do you think? Now, we're not in a confrontational way. Now, why am I talking this way about this? Because we're selling insurance. No, we're teaching a concept sale here. And that's very important for people to understand the concept with which we're doing. Now, let's go back to what we're talking about here. Um, we're trying to change the mindset on equity protection. Now, remember, when we arrive at the home, and guys, this is not something we do over the phone because the only purpose of the phone call is one reason and one reason only, and that is to set the appointment. It's not to make the sale. It's not to make points on how you're going to make the sale when you get there. It's to get in the home because how many of you have door knocked? Wendell's talked about this. And we've had other agents. The people were rude on the phone, but the agent gets to the house and door knocks it, and they're nice as can be. We don't know what's going on in the home when you're making the appointment, so the whole purpose is just to get the appointment. So if we will change the mindset from equity protection versus mortgage payoff, how do we go about doing that? Well, we do it by asking questions. Now, you've heard this before, but I wanted to to explain better the concept of this. So you can ask, and this is a, a proven system, when you're trying to sell something, you can easily ask three disturbing questions. And these disturbing questions make them feel a little bit uncomfortable. If you ask 10 disturbing questions, they're mad and you don't get a sale. Three questions and then provide a solution is the ideal ratio of questions to solution. You can get by with four when you ask the fifth disturbing question without having provided a solution, they start getting mad. And every question from five and beyond makes them matter and matter and matter to the point that you're actually running the people away from the sale. So this is always the first question. If I've got somebody in their 60s or 70s that health-wise, they don't qualify for mortgage protection as we know it, and even somebody in their 40s and 50s, I'll go that, that direction as well. First question is always, well, Bob and Mary, if something happens, who do you want to get the house? 
Well, we want to get the kids. Now, why do I ask that question? Because I'm trying to engage them just like the 16-year-old was. I'm trying to take three steps toward changing their mindset. Their mindset when I walked in is 200000 or nothing. They can't afford 200000 or can't get it. So we have to change the mindset. Second question. So you want the kids to get the house. Will they move into the house or will they sell it? Well, 98% of the time, folks, they're going to say they're going to sell it because the kids already have a house. If they say that one of the kids is going to move into it, well, you're not going anywhere soon, are you? Well, no. Well, if we get this house paid from 100000 down to sixty, and I bring your daughter a check for $20,000, and she refinances the house for forty, that payment's way less than rent. She can stay in the house. So see, I'm changing the mindset all the way through. But let's assume that nobody's going to move into it. Well, they're going to sell it. Well, the third question, does it make sense to pay the house off just so the kids can sell it? Guys, I can't tell you how many times I've done this over the phone for an agent and I hear somebody scream in the background, no, that didn't make any sense at all. They've never thought about it this way, just like the parents and the 16-year-old never thought about the benefits for both people on them getting a car. So this is a concept sale. Now, at this point, guys, I have not shown them figures. They have no idea what I'm going to present to them. They have no idea where this is going. If you do this after you show the numbers, no sale. Because they've already got that preconceived mind, this guy's trying bait and switch. They're trying to trick me. But if they buy the concept and they agree, no, it doesn't make sense. The concept is what sells the case. Now, the, and then those are the three disturbing questions. The next is a statement. Well, Bob and Mary, what most people do in your situation, listen to the cadence, what most people do in your situation is to get enough coverage for the children to make the house payment for six months or a year or a year or two <coughs> so that they have time to sell the house at a fair market price so they get the equity in the home instead of giving it to a bank or to a complete stranger. Now, um, and then I'll usually follow, does that make sense for your situation? Well, yeah, that does make sense. So now when we show them the payment for 10, 15, or 20,000, uh, they're, they're not going to look at the, the, the amount. They don't care if it's 10, 12, 15, 24. They don't care. What they care about is a payment on that piece of paper that fits their needs, that gives their family an option. That's all they care about. Now, and, and guys, this drives me crazy because I have people that have sixty and seventy thousand dollar mortgages, and I, it's a home equity line usually. And I'll ask the agent, "Well, what are you going to show them?" I'm going to show them forty thousand. What? Why? Well, because that comes closest to paying the mortgage off. It's three hundred eighty dollars a month. That's half of what their mortgage payment is. There's going to be no sale there. So, just so you know. I always, and, and Andy, I won't repeat that twice, I always, I always show 10, 15, and 20,000 as an option for this. If they choose the 10 or 15,000 dollars, Connie, I start writing. But if they should choose the 20,000, I may not have exceeded what their budget will allow. So then I'm going to say, well, Andy, now that I see how healthy you are, I think there's a chance you might qualify 
for 25 or 30, maybe even 35,000 if you wanted that much coverage. If the 20,000 is all they can afford, they will never ask you how much 25 or 30,000 is. But if they can afford more than the 20,000, well, Dick, how much would 25 or 30,000 be? So I have put myself in a position not to show them something way too expensive and have them glaze their eyes over on me. Guys, this is a concept. But at the same time, I've allowed the door to be opened to show them something more expensive. Now, as a rule, if they're 80 and above, I don't show them $10,000 because 10000 for an 80-year-old is pretty pricey. So in that situation, I'm probably going to show them $5,000, $7,500, or $10,000. If they choose a 10,000, Andy, guess what? Now that I see how healthy you are, you might actually qualify for twelve dollars to $15,000 if you wanted more coverage. How much would that be? But if I start at 10 and it's $180 a month, I'm probably not going to get a sale. Now, another concept to keep in mind when you're doing this is seniors think in terms of dollars per day. Could you afford $60 a month? No, I can't afford $60 a month. Uh, could you handle $2 a day? Oh, yeah, I could do $2 a day. I mean, it's crazy, but you've got to understand how your market thinks. And this is why I keep going back to this concept selling that we're talking about here, because this is such an important part of what we do. Now, this applies for everything. And... Uh, um, if you've got a client, now let me back up a second. If you've got a client that you suspect does not understand what uh, equity in a home means, and guys, there's people out there that don't know what that means. They really don't. So I might approach it this way. Another way to say what I just said a moment ago about what most people in your situation do is, I'd say, you know, Bob and Mary, in 10 years, what do you, do you think your house might be worth thirty dollars or $40,000 or $50,000 more than it is today? Oh, yeah, I think it would be. Well, if something happened to you then, who do you want to get that forty dollars or $50,000? I'm not calling it equity any longer. I'm giving them a concrete amount that they agree the house might be. Well, I'd want my kids to get that forty dollars or $50,000. Well, what most people in your situation do is they'll take out enough coverage out to make sure the children can make the house payment for six months or a year or two so that they get that forty dollars or $50,000 instead of giving it to a stranger or to the bank. So I'm hoping this concept will work. I'm using it for critical period today, but guys, uh, either next week or the following week, we're actually going to go over worksheets that, are, that we use for the Sylvester team, and I'll explain to you why that's important. Now, I want to go one step further. Because I get one of these phone calls a week where somebody does just exactly what I said. They went through it just exactly the way I did, and they got the sale. And then I get a call from the agent. And the agent says, Dick, I sold these people critical period, probably weren't as thorough in the explanation as what I just did for you, but they were adequate enough to get the sale. And the client calls up, and this is what they all say. Andy... We want to cancel that policy. We've decided to go a different direction. Let me tell you what the different direction is well over 90% of the time. They've gotten something through the mail from Colonial Pen or AARP. Now, a good offense is always better than a good defense. And in this situation, it's too late. The cat's out of the bag, and you're not going to get that cat back in that bag again. Once was enough. 
However, when the sale is made, at that point in time, if you will pull out the, the flyers that we sent you, and you always start with Colonial Pen first, if you'll pull those flyers, I'd say, Bob and Mary, now you're going to be viewed as a consultant because you're giving them information nobody else does, and this will protect your business. Is, um, you've got friends at church that probably are in a situation like yourself. Yes, we do. Well, one of the things that's important for people to know is you've got friends at church that are going to buy a burial plan, and a lot of them are going to look at Colonial Pen, AARP, Settler's Life, a host of others. But let me show you what to tell them not to buy. And pull out your Colonial Pen. This is one of our clients. She actually met with an agent and decided that she wasn't going to buy anything until she got something through the mail from Colonial Pen. And a couple days later she called and said, I just want you to know I've decided I'm going to go with Colonial Pen. And the agent asked her, well, may I ask why? And she said, yeah, because Colonial Pen is $250 a year cheaper than you are. And he said, well, Mary, something's not right. She said, well, you can come by and look at it, but I've decided I'm going to buy it. I've already made the check out. He said, I'll be there at 3.30, don't mail it till 4 o'clock. So he gets there, and sure enough, if you look at the Colonial Pen ad, she was 61 years old. It was $578 a year for that coverage for 25000 coverage, $250 less than what he was showing her. Then he asked her, he said, do you know what attained age means? And she said, well, I guess it means if I wait from 61 to 66 to buy the coverage, it's going to be $791 a year. He goes, no, attained age means the day you turn 66, it jumps. And guys, that word jumps is important. You can say it goes, doesn't have the impact. It jumps to $791 a year. The day you turn 71, it jumps to $1,200 a year. The day you turn 76, it jumps to $1,900 a year. But my question is, how much is it when you turn 81? She said, well, I don't know. So we literally called the company, and they said, well, if you'll look across the top of the page, which is why I highlighted that in yellow, it says insurance to age 80, which means the day she turns 80, the insurance disappears. Now, everyone on, your, on the call today are thinking, well, that's nice. I cannot do the colonial pen and just go straight to AARP, and that answer is wrong because everybody knows you can trust AARP. So what you're trying to do by protecting and conserving your business and going over the colonial pen first is you're establishing this as natural and normal practice in the insurance industry. So when you expose AARP for what they are and what they're doing, suddenly now you're not attacking AARP, you're showing that it's a natural practice. And then you can point out and say, now this is what another client did. They were going with the AARP uh, it's endorsed by AARP, underwritten by New York Life, and you'll notice I highlighted underneath the, the rates, it says in the second sentence, AARP is just like Colonial Pen. Your premium is based on your age at issue. Premium increases as you enter each new five-year age band, 61, 66, 71. Premiums are not guaranteed, and then you go to the previous page, guaranteed protection to age 80, just like Colonial Pen. Guys, if you will do this every single time you sell a finely expensed product, you will not get that qual that says, 
I've decided to go a different direction. In fact, if they do get something that's less expensive, there's a very high probability you're not going to get a phone call at all because they assume it's like that. So I hope this concept of selling this way starts to resonate with you because that's, and when we go over the worksheets, you're going to see a very, very similar pattern in the way we approach this, the way we ask the questions. Uh, I've got one more thing I want to cover. Um, had a, a situation yesterday where an agent called me and we were talking about living benefits for a guy 58 years old. And um, the guy gets down to the end and they get ready to, to fill out the banking information. Well, no, I'm not ready. And I said, if you can approach this the same way, I said, well, John, may I ask why? Well, I'm 58 or 53 or whatever it is. If I die, I, I'm single. I don't have any family. I don't care who gets a house. I'm dead. You know, I kind of agree with you on that. When you agree with them, now guys, they think they've got you. However, I see one problem here and uh, or with your plan, and they always want to know what that one problem is. And then I roll the hands of time ahead through some questions. Let's roll the hands of time ahead three or four years. You don't feel good. It's an emergency room visit. It's not good news. You've got cancer, and it's going to take a year of treatment, and you can't work for a year while you're battling your cancer. Who's going to pay your mortgage payment? First question is always, who's going to pay your mortgage payment? How are you going to pay the light bill? Who's going to buy groceries? The reason I ask, if you qualify for this plan, you have access to between fifty dollars and $100,000 to live on to keep you from losing your mortgage and having to move back in with the kids. And we can, if you qualify, we've got something here for about $3 a day. See, it's going back to the same thing with a 16-year-old. I have got to make this the client's best interest. Now, what the agent said to me was, well, I casually mentioned that. If it's casually mentioned, it's casually interpreted. Guys, I zero in when, when the only living benefit we had was the accelerated death benefit rider. I changed the name of it from the accelerated death benefit rider to the safety net and did the same thing. And people say, well, I got to call State Farm because you could see State Farm almost from our other house and the corporate office. And State Farm was big here in Charlottesville. As a result, they would call. I said, well, when you call your State Farm agent, agent, be sure and ask him if they have the safety net. And they'd call the State Farm agent up. They'd get the price. It was 30% less than what we were because it was usually a 10-year term or something. And they'd say, oh, by the way, do you have the safety net? State Farm agent looked like the deer in the headlights. Uh, safety net? No, we ain't got no safety net. And you, don't, you cannot believe how many sales I made because of that because they changed the name and told what it did, not what it was. So this is the whole concept here. It's a concept sale that uses words because words matter. I hope this you can take this and use it and take it to the bank this week and make sales and protect and conserve what you've got.